Hey people, this is the Flat Black Plastic Show coming to you on MutinyRadio.fm. Directly live from the sunny Mission District in San Francisco, California. Someone told me this is on iTunes, so if you're listening on iTunes, welcome. And uh, have a good time all the time.
People, this is a flat black plastic show. Welcome to late seventies, early eighties, Los Angeles. Uh, you got, you're in tune to the Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Keep digging. I used to be frightened at one discriminate league. No more than what they used to be. Deep rooted in culture and belief. 
All right, Mutiny Radio friends. Yay. Hello. It's Pam. I'm hanging out. What's wrong with these headphones? Why can't I hear myself? But I see everything moving, so it's okay. All right. I get to be in a storytelling show on Friday at the Makeout Room, and I'm incredibly excited. And you should be, too. It's called What What About Last Night? Something like that. All right. Let us record some stuff. All right. We are going to hear a story about the biggest dick I've ever seen. And true love? No. I <laughs> there's love is definitely involved. So as a child I was so Christian and so prude and I was never watched porn, never saw it, didn't I wasn't even didn't even get to take sex ed. My mom said she'd do it herself. Super super never seen it. And I ended up getting married, but let's back up. Oh, pam, pam, pam. I'm going to have to practice this a couple times. Okay. <laughs> so when I was 14, I had a crush. Oh, my God. I developed on a crush on Jeremy Orvik, and he was perfect, and he was blonde, and he had green eyes, and we were in a scavenger hunt together, and we were in the back of the truck, and one of the things is that two people on your team had to passionately kiss, and you had to get it on a Polaroid, and we were, Jeremy raised his hand and said, I'll go at it with Pam, and I was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. And so we were in his house, in his bathroom and there were two sinks and then there was the toilet behind us and there was a mirror and he, and I was up against the, 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 the counter and he kissed me and it was so, my knees melted fire, fire on my face, fire. And it was magical and incredible. And I was like, this is it. This is, this is it. So I was in love with Jeremy Orvik, like all through high school, just like, I mean, I, I developed other crushes, but this one lasted. Like after high school, I wrote him letters. We wrote letters back and forth when he was in college. And I have, I've saved them. I have them still. Oh my God. And then I got married. And uh, my now ex-husband is an, a, a great, wonderful guy. And um, he happens to be an African-American gentleman. And I, he was the first, I've never, I'm not a cheater. I just, it's not a thing I would ever do. I... I had never watched porn. I don't, we had a relationship together and, and that was it. It was the only dick I knew about. And I'd go to parties and people would say, oh my God, oh my God, this, your husband, he's black. He's got a huge cock. It's like, yes, I've got, it's enormous. It's crazy. It's big, so huge. And of course, because it's, I didn't have any points of reference whatsoever. Uh, and then I was teaching and I was a substitute teacher in this class for very special ed kids, like very special ed, like under 80 IQ. And we were sorting uh, buttons and we were making ramen and folding clothes and doing a lot of life skills. And that was great. And I was teaching, but I was substitute teaching. So I hadn't really been in that classroom and I'm sort of getting used to the day. And here's what we're doing. We're over here. And then there's a bathroom in the classroom and there's two other adults. We call them aides, teacher's aides. And I'm the substitute teacher. And it's after lunch. And I hear screaming from behind the bathroom door, screaming, ah! and, I, ah! and I look at the two other adults, what is going on? And they just shake their heads, don't worry about it, give it a little hand wave, no worries, I go back to, okay, and then, you know, we're in the kitchen making mac and cheese or whatever, doing life skills. Okay, again, screaming from the bathroom, ah! Ah! screaming, and I look at the adults, like, hello, anything, anyone, nothing, no, nothing, no, never mind. Okay, 
three times, three times <laughs> screaming. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. I have to check. I have to check now. So I open the door and what I see is the biggest dick I've ever, it's 19 inches. It's so huge. It's the big, and there's a kid and he's got long greasy hair in the back head of his flat head and he's very skinny and he is laughing and he is stroking the hugest like donkey dick that's a 19 and i'm not kidding about the size it was like this long which is what like 19 inches and i ah, and i slam the door and i look at the two women and they're laughing <laughs> it's like you knew about this you do and they're like he does that to all the subs and i was just like uh and i guess this was just his joy in life and everyone was his one joy and I thought God is so mean like that is crazy this huge dick the only person that's gonna see it is me and a bunch of other substitute teachers oh my god is there like special needs porn is that a fetish and if so can I become his manager because I'd like to make some money no that's not true it was scary I was scared and um surprised God is mean so back to my uh, subsequent divorce and or before that Right before I left him, I was trying out for all of these reality TV shows. And so I was on a second audition for this HGTV one. And I went up to L.A. and I drove my BMW that was falling apart. And I get up. I'm almost to the audition. And it, my car dies. And so I look at it. And I'm like, I have duct tape. And I put this one thing on. And I wrap it up. Ah! And then I get back on the road. And I get to the audition. And I, I kind of looked like a manic freak. And I told him this story about how I just MacGyvered my car. Anyways, I did not get chosen. But on my way back, my car died completely and there was no fixing it. And I knew that Jeremy Orvik lived in LA at the time. So I called him and he white knighted my ass, showed up, got a tow truck, got my car to a place to get fixed, let me spend the night at his house. Nothing happened. We watched Red Dawn, Wolverines, just like high school, just like high school. It was so awesome. It was awesome. And nothing happened. And then the next day, he helped me get my car. And then I drove home. And I was like, this amazing, wow, this incredible, what? Whoo. So then um, I ended up leaving my husband. And I ended up moving to San Francisco. And so this is a year later. I'm, uh, this is a year after I've left my husband. I'm living here in this city. And I start talking to him via email again. And he's like, you live in San Francisco? Let me come up and see you. And I was like, oh, okay, like magic is real. This is incredible. What is going to, I'm going to sleep with the, I mean, my whole dream since I was 14, since my sexual awakening, this has been like my, wow, you know, and I've only been with this one man who was, and I don't want to disparage him in any way, a wonderful guy, just, we just didn't, anyway, it's not part of the story. So he comes up, he comes up, Jeremy Orvick comes up at, comes up to San Francisco and I'm in this house that I'm nannying for and they're, they're out of town the weekend. So I have the whole house to myself and we're, it was ama amazing. We, uh, oof. okay. So we were having sex in the shower and then he put his thumb in my butt. It was the first time that ever happened. That was crazy. It was good. It was explosive. It was good. Okay. And it was like life affirming. And it was like, this is, this is everything I've ever wanted. This is the romance and the everything. And I was thinking like, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to get remarried to the, I mean, I just left my husband in the first thing. I'm, I'm going to get remarried to this guy. And, um, yeah, uh, he left that night. I was like, you're not going to stay. And he's like, no. <laughs> and then I realized it was a one night stand, but 
toward the end of it, I was having such a good time. And I was like, oh, my God, your dick is so huge. It's so huge. And he was like, uh, six inches is pretty standard, really. And I was like, perspective. So, all right, everybody, that's... Uh, it's my story about gaining perspective and the biggest dick I ever saw. Yay. Stop. Okay. This is the Flat Black Plastic Show for all you people that like to hear good music. And it's the mutinyradio.fm is a station. Here's some more flesh eaters. Change. Sometimes they just die. 
beat Every time we go to tip and low Let's get away from the heat Grab a girl, go for a whirl Head on down to the beach Let's go to the beach The feeling can't be beat It's summertime again Your board, catch a wave, don't let it get away And you know what I mean And when the sun goes down, you feel a little brown Feeling the stars are in reach Grab a girl, go for a whirl Head on down to the beach Let's go to the beach The feeling can't be beat It's summertime again Time to the
No, what are you going to DJ at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, you guys are going to do it. Like, And every band's doing about a half hour set. Then the next night, Albert's doing Bat Cave. So roll yourself over at one, Albert, if you want to go ahead and hype your event. Okay, yeah, get up your next song. He does. I don't know what he's doing. He's he's just not even wanting to like promote anymore. Do you want to do another song? Back cave is the seventeenth. Back cave is the seventeenth. Hey, can you? Uh, you're on. Your your mic is on, dude. Right. Back here, seventeenth with uh, I forgot the other bands, but they're cool, right? Yeah, they're all good. Just be there. Back cave is cool. Yeah, from, from <laughs> eight to close, yeah, the knockout. Just be there. Yeah, just be the knockout, sixteen, seventeen this month. We also got a show uh, developing out there, at Toots Tavern in uh, Crockett for all you people who are in the that area of California, which I don't even know where it is really, but it's cool. On the way to, is it south? Crockett? No. no, it's East. East. East is good enough for me. And we're going to go uh, play Crockett with Two's Tavern with Swerve and Pleasure Parade out there. So I'm having us uh, just getting us that band up and running. We have some new ELI news, but not today. So anybody like Size Like Ice, uh, you, we're, we're, you know, no, we are... We are loud, we are proud, we are free. And so we'll see uh, Right now, we're, we're, we're working on the album. And uh, so everybody, towards spring, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm believing it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to be groovy. And uh, what else we got, Albert? You got There's an event on the 11th, uh, Alter de Fay. Over at the Knockout, once again, yeah. we're promoting the Knockout like nobody's business. One of the only, one of the only places around anymore. They're taking care of the underground kids. They just basically routed us like fucking the rats that we are. Everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat.
July 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied today. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Angelo How long? About 40 years. Have you been in prison, too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, in prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee-bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? In prison, time is always long. Ho Chi Minh, the prison diary. Arrested at Tukvid Street, Abundance and Glory Street. At Abundance and Glory Street, shame was thrust on me so as to delay my journey. I am an honest man with a clear conscience, but I was accused without ground of being a spy. Entering Sing Si District Prison, Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains, I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains, I encountered men and was thrown into prison. I was a representative of Vietnam, on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road, a sudden storm broke loose and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. And now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning the sun, emerging over the wall, darts its rays against the gate. Once awake, everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. Noon. In the cell, how lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours, we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. 
waking and brought abruptly back into prison. Afternoon. Two o'clock. The cell door opens to let fresh air in. Everyone raises his head for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind are languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt. Love me 